Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Good morning, good morning. Hello and Lee, how are you, baby? Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. It is Memorial Day weekend 2022. I love to say that. And in fact, it's a time that you need to be paying attention because guess what? Gardeners, start your engines. Good heavens, the weather's perfect in central Mississippi, north Mississippi, eastern Alabama, all the areas around this particular part of the world. We're even seeing a pleasant uh, bit of weather in New Orleans and along the Gulf Coast. What happened? Well, it's brief. So don't get too excited. But if you've got tomatoes and they got flowers on them, make sure you go out and wiggle those plants just a little bit so that the pollen can shed down onto the others and you will get more tomatoes because the nighttime temperatures in many parts of our listening area are perfect for setting some more tomatoes. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm always happy to tell you what I grow and how it's working for me, but uh, I did not remember how much I liked Goliath. I was first introduced to Goliath, of course, um, out at Rivers, and, and and appreciate knowing that plant. But that was a big old one. This was the one that this is the one that is determinate, same same tomato variety, and I'm growing it in a container which is able to accommodate a plant that's getting about three feet, four feet tall. They're delicious. Now. There's a couple of flowers on there. I'm hoping that they're going to go ahead and pollinate. But, oh, my goodness, the cherry tomatoes are just killer. They are, I mean, that's a terrible word to use for a tomato. But, yeah, I know, attack of the killer tomatoes. It always comes back up, doesn't it? 888 That is the phone number. That's the Super Talk call line. And your way to get here to talk to me, your very own garden mama. The text line is always open to you. C Spire provides that, and we thank that. 601-879-4395. My goodness, there's so many things going on. We've got monarchs. We've got happy hormones. We've got <laughs> new inventions that I've got to say I'm impressed with. I don't know about you. And also information about our annual joy to envision ourselves going to the Hattiesburg Daylily event. So we got all that going on today. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, because we're gardeners and this is where we have the chance to get together on a weekend. If you are, as sometimes happens, just kind of cruising down the highway, maybe going to visit somebody for the holiday weekend, and you hear this woman's voice and say, what in the world is going on over there? Well, this is this is gardening on the radio. Now, for those of you who don't think that's possible, just stay tuned. Here's what's happening at my place. I don't know about yours, but the tomatoes are coming in. That's delightful. The onions have been harvested. They were delicious, by the way. And I've also got plenty drying for another planting here in, in several weeks. Well, two months, anyway, until, until I want to put those back in. There are a lot of really good herbs. I don't make pesto ordinarily, 
But the basil's doing so well that I'm considering it. So if you have a recipe for that, by all means, send it to me on the text line, 601-879-4395. I've never, um, I'm not a big fan of pine nuts, which ordinarily go in pesto, but I've made it with walnuts and made it with other things, and it was perfectly delightful. So you tell me. You tell me. I got a question for you. Why do lizards do push-ups? Hmm? Well, they do. They do? Yes, they do. A push-up in a lizard's world is that beautiful swelling that comes out of their throat that you see. And it's usually red when they're green. might be a little bit more rusty-colored if they happen to be brown, but they don't usually do it then. They do it when they're green. And, yes, of course, the thing that they're working on is called the dewlap, D-E-W-L-A-P. That's a part. That's a, a term. A, a term from the world of of insects and and well, in this case, reptiles. Um, why do we have that? Why do they do that? And why do we have these here? This is a Nolus carolinensis, and the it's the green one. They're a tree dwelling species. They're native to the southeastern U.S. You want to know why there's so many of them in your garden? Because they live here. They were probably here before you were here. Certainly here before I was here. The good news is that they do indeed change their color several shades brown to green. The term for that is trunk crown echomorph. So if you needed some words today to impress someone with, I'm here to give you um, dewlaps, and I'm also here to give you trunk crown echomorphs. What's the point? Well, of course, the point, like just about everything else that critters do, is to get that female over there so that they can get it on, right? Yes, that's exactly right. If we don't think about the future of the species, then we're missing the whole reason why they do a lot of things. And in this case, it is to expand the dewlap in hopes that she will find that attractive. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. The good news is Larry the lizard and and. and I don't even know what the females are named at my house, but all the males are, are Larry. They're they're all over the place. We've already had several new crops of lizards that I find in every time I look at the elephant ears. There's another one, inch long, two inches long. They're all crawling around, all the little ones, and that's kind of fun. Part of getting out into the garden is just enjoying what's there. Sometimes, I have just cut back the dianthus. They will believe it or not, they'll bloom again maybe in. Oh, six weeks or so. I did take the hedge clippers to them. They had gotten really damaged by the rains that were so heavy, and they had already faded their flowers. So I took the hedge, the hedgers and just chopped off their flower heads. They're growing again. They're already starting again. I'll tell you what else I did that to is diamond frost. Now, diamond frost is a little euphorbia that we see sometimes, usually in a mixed basket with other things, because it has a quality to it that's almost like baby's breath. But it's actually a a succulent. It has a a much hardier life to it. We don't grow true baby's breath, gypsophila in the South has a real hard time, but we're able to grow a lot of other things. We grow Ami that looks a lot like it. We, we really appreciate, of course, Queen Anne's Lace for that same reason. But in this case, the Euphorbia is, is looser headed in the way that Gypsophila is. But it had started to get kind of, meh, it's actually an annual in Zone 8, and I have it in a mixed container, which I took indoors for the winter, cut back, 
tried to get to come up, and it did put on a bloom or two. But now that it's back outside, of course, it has begun to grow and done beautifully and has flowers on it, so it looks like a little crown. And um, I had taken it down with the head shears just about a month ago, so it didn't take it very long to get back into shape. Our friends at the American Chemical Society have always got something to say. <laughs> um they have just discovered tie-dyeing. <laughs> that may be funny to you. It is funny to me. But I like this. They are promoting natural dyes. And that, of course, is one of the things that I'm so fond of, uh, the, the, the things that you can do with other things. I'm absolutely convinced that the mud in my backyard is perfect for all the kinds of dyeing of you know Mississippi mud colors and just beautiful shades of tan and brown. But in this particular case, they're um, working on the, the the American Chemical Society is working on what they're calling a more green process for doing this, which has to do with basically acorns and rusty stuff and and taking colors off of that and turning it into the colors that you tie dye with. They're beautiful. <laughs> don't 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 get upset. They're beautiful. Well, good morning. Welcome in, Anna. What's going on in Oxford today? Well, the uh, the pinky vinca, which I was telling you about last week, yes, has started to show some pink leaves. Oh, good. So I, I, I'm not sure if they're new leaves or if they're the leaves which have just started to turn mm-hmm, pink. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, and uh, so I'm pleased about that. Secondly, um, back in 2021, I planted, um, I guess it was a mixed bag of, of lettuce and greens, and um, it didn't do very well. We had a lot of rain, and so I just left it there. And now <laughs> I've actually been eating off those lettuce this year <laughs> because they came back, uh, and I let one of them grow, and it's got it, it's as tall as I am. It's about five feet odd, <laughs> ah. five feet five, uh, and and at the top it's got a bud. And I, mm-hmm. I I've let lettuce bloom before, and they come in as. Um, blue daisies so i don't know what this one's going to do but it's kind of interesting so i'm just uh, dying to see what it blooms into. well you, that is um, of course as you know and, and everybody should know that's what lettuce does when the temperatures get warm enough it it does what's called bolt and it puts on that flower head so usually they're a shade of close to blue if if not um a little bit purpley but or it just depends on what, what lettuce it is obviously but i just love that sometimes when we just leave stuff alone it, it surprises us you know if you had ripped all of that out of the bed because it displeased you, you would never have gotten that lettuce. <laughs> so that's fun. But it's an interesting experiment. So uh, if if I know how to handle my uh, phone camera, I'll send you a picture. Oh, good. Super one. duper. That'll be fun <laughs> to see. Well, I'm glad the pinky has shaped up for you because that's a disappointment when it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Bye-bye now. Bye now. Thank you. <laughs> Several things I was just remembering. I have two or three things that are not doing what I want them to do right at this moment. So I'm working on them. Peggy Martin's going to get a new trellis. Yes, that rose bush that has eaten my front bed is now uh, climbing over. Well, it's now climbing on. She's climbing on the hydrangeas this week because I lifted her off of the magnolia tree and up off the ground. But now that there's, they're going into bloom, so now it's time to get them into another. Oh, goodness, that's a big, healthy, hearty rose, and I hope you have it, because, my goodness, they're gorgeous. They are really, really beautiful. Oh, and for by the way, if you're interested in um, how to do all of this, it's really interesting. Uh, of course, we, we basically 
leach out the color out of anything that we want to make into a dye. And it, it ends up being a process that takes a little while to do. Different different lengths of time produce different colors, all that sort of stuff. But acorns and rust in this particular case, um, they talk about the tannins going. I've actually seen people take leather scraps and soak them, and the, you're getting another. You get kind of an orangey brown out of some of that, depending on the level of tannins, um, interestingly enough. But they wanted to show how natural dyes can be used, so they, yep, they did bluish black. They did all sorts of other colors, and they then soaked them, dipped them in rust and vinegar, did all those different things to them that you would do. And, of course, um, they say that it's also true that you they're safe, project, they're safe enough substances, but be aware the dye is permanent, <laughs> so you, you will want to wear rubber gloves and long sleeves, or you will end up looking like an acorn yourself, they say. Something else. On that, on that topic, um, things that we've discovered just here lately, Northwestern University is bringing us the smallest ever. How do we get the smallest ever? It's only going to be the smallest for a minute before somebody else comes along with one that's smaller, right? Remote-controlled walking robot. <laughs> and it comes in the form of a tiny crab. So it has half a millimeter wide. They can bend, twist, crawl, walk, turn, and jump. Okay, you know I'm going to say it. They still can't bring me a robot that will iron my clothes. But we can have a crab that can jump. Okay, good. Whatever you want to do. But I need the one that's going to take care of my house. any rate, this is all about science robotics is where they're reporting all of this. The same team last September introduced a winged microchip that was the smallest ever human-made flying thing. Okay? Pretty interesting stuff. The robotics people, I think about um, our wonderful folks, our friends that, that won a few years ago. I don't want to call y'all out too much. That's mean of me. But y'all won a few years ago, and I don't know how the next team did, but they won in the robotics competition and stuff that, and got to talk to them. And then, of course, I got to talk to the, the folks that were working with the cafeteria lunch um, trays to turn them into garden stones. So there's so many innovative things going on in our schools, and I'm really happy to say that pretty soon, now that this has been done by Northwestern, we'll be able to see these probably here in the backyard. You know what I mean? There'll be people that are that, – uh, it's got to be – close to the ones that are the pollinator robots because these are smaller than fleas can you imagine i can imagine i'm i'm very happy to imagine but my goodness <laughs> what a lot what a lot to do oh they're beautiful jeff and brenda um, in hattiesburg have sent their gladiolas in a vase for me to see it's it's that's beautiful i love using a coffee pot like that so it's a fancy coffee pot. Don't get no. Don't think it's you know. This is not Mr. Coffee. Not that I don't love my Mr. Coffee, but this is a fancy, beautiful white ceramic. That's just lovely. And I do. I really appreciate when flower arrangements are put on foyer type tables so that you can't miss it. You know, you have the opportunity to see it, and it's in front of a mirror. It's just lovely. Just beautiful. Let's see. Um, Ba, 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 ba. Who's next? Oh, Brenda in Jackson is um, having trouble rooting a gardenia from a cutting. Is it a time? Is this a time to do this? Well, there's two ways to get the gardenia cuttings going. One is the process that I'm going to tell you about that you won't be doing right now, and that is that in the in the winter, in the late winter, you can sometimes root gardenias from hardwood cuttings. Those are the ones that snap if you try to bend the branch. 
but much more successful are the semi-hardwood cuttings that you will take here in a few weeks. As the new growth comes onto that gardenia, it's very, very tender. This is true of almost every shrub, okay? But not all of them, but almost every one. The new growth is very, very tender. And you'll go out, and when you when you bend it, you could literally wrap it around your finger, okay? So that's not what we're going to – that's not what we want to try to root. It will literally – fail before it will wilt before it can root so what you want is a cutting that bends but doesn't snap and it's called semi-hard wood it'll happen maybe three weeks after that first new growth spurt takes off so go find those go go just bend a few get a four to six inch cutting from the tip of the branch that does not have a flower on it cut it on a, 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 a an angle so that you have a wider base and literally Dip that in rooting hormone, or if you have liquid hormone, pour that into what you're going to put it into root. Um, And that's what the main thing is going to be, is taking the right kind of wood and putting it with a rooting hormone into just a really simple mix. What you're trying to do is keep the, the cutting supported, but not overwhelmed by water and not allowed to dry out until it can root. So you, a good mix is usually potting soil with some sharp sand in it or with some perlite or something that's going to make it a little bit less dense than a good mix would be. And then be sure you don't let it dry out or keep it too wet. But it's, a, it'll, it's not quite time, but it will be time here in a minute. <laughs> so, I love that. Fun, fun, fun stuff. Well, it's true now. Low humidity, lots of sunshine, temperatures that are favorable for gardeners. What could be better than that? Oh, I know. A couple of hours a weekend gardening. Stick around. having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Please never use gas appliances for purposes which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes and never store flammable materials inside propane cylinders. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in protecting your home or business. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards. Plus, we offer free gas checks for our customers. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. 
The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. This is Michael Cassidy, Republican candidate for Congress here in Mississippi's 3rd District. While inflation and illegal immigration are hurting Mississippi families, Congressman Guest has different priorities. He joined Biden and Pelosi and voted to send $53 billion of your tax dollars to Ukraine. Ukraine is not in our national interest, but fighting inflation and illegal immigration are. And when elected, they will be my priorities. I'm Michael Cassidy, America First Republican for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. It's cannon time! Now more than ever, it's important to keep your vehicle in top shape. Let us keep you road-ready at Cannon Nissan of Jackson. Our parts and service departments are open six days a week, and no appointment is needed. Nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Memorial Day. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Green. <sighs> The new degree of comfort. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be bright. You know it's true. Somebody a long time ago said, you know, you don't have to do the weather. We have that um, all the time here on the network because it's in different places and so the, the, there's different different weathers. I said, yeah, but the gardening weather is generally the same. It's either okay or it's not. And in our case today, it's really okay. I hope that uh, those of you who, like me, have been part of the Great Bulb Giveaway, you want to know more about that, you can send me some info, but you probably see it on Facebook anyway. Um, woo, we're, we're, we're busy. we got a lot to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Monarchs have been busy, too, thankfully. They are, um, they're, they're, there's been terrible, terrible threats to our Monarch population. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, we have all been encouraged to 
not only plant more pollinator gardens, but plant more particularly Asclepius or milkweeds for the the monarchs because that's their preferred food source. Um, just so you know what difference we're looking at, in 2018, the, the place in Mexico where the monarchs migrate to for the winter measured about 14.8 acres, almost 15 acres of forest, okay? Unfortunately... By um, this 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 last year, when we measured again, believe it or not, it's at seven, which is essentially half of that. Okay, but it's up from where it was. The dip was so deep that they really felt like we were going to have very very few. We've now got a thirty five percent rise in their numbers in the migration, which is really really wonderful news, big news, and and particularly for those folks who have been working so hard to help them stay around, the good news is they are they seem to be doing better at their work than they were doing. Um, let's see. My coleus, since Shannon's in Oxford, my coleus is wilted. It's um, under a covered porch and not given too much water. Any suggestions? Uh, well, um, I don't, let me see. I'm trying to figure out if which picture goes with what. This is a picture of a caladium that you sent me. So I don't know if that I don't know if that's the same plant that you're talking about or if that's just a different pic. Anyway, point thing about coleus is if coleus is not if coleus seems wilted and you're not giving it too much water, it's probably wilted. Put your finger in the container and if it's dry up to the first knuckle, yes, you do need to water a little more often. They do grow pretty quickly. You can water them in a saucer at their base if you let them take the water up and then make sure you take the saucer away after an hour or so. You know, I don't know how large the container is. But sometimes it's also a matter of they've grown so fast they've used up all their fertilizer or they're they're crowded. If the roots are coming out of the pot or if you haven't fertilized it in a while, both of those things will help. And, of course, you can always pinch coleus. Um, pretty caladium. I think that's probably candidum. It's the white one with the green veins. I do love that. I love that plant. Um, it looks to me like the candidum could actually use a little bit of fertilizer and maybe a little bit more light than it's getting because those leaves should be bigger and closer together at this point. Okay. Okay. Nice though. I, I like people that are that that are growing coleus especially. I think coleus is one of those plants that we overlook because we don't want it to bloom, and we're always thinking about flowers. But coleus with those bright-colored leaves not only makes a beautiful statement in the container or in the flower bed, but it also has all of those crevices and crannies and nooks where things can, all of our little critters that we're looking for, the the pollinators and one thing and another, can hide out and can have a place to rest and, and, and not be preyed upon, which is very, very important. Good news um, about daylilies, as I was saying, I started talking about it, and then I went on to something else. The events in Hattiesburg, of course, are always what I'm thrilled about. We do have, the for for those folks that are um, upset with me because it's not, because I didn't say the right thing. Good morning, y'all. Love you. Um, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Daylily Society's 17th show and day, 17th annual show and sale is on the 28th okay that would be today at 
of course, Edgewater Mall in Biloxi. If you've never been to that one and you're anywhere near there, get in your car and go over there. It's fun. They do the they begin the plant sale about 10 o'clock after they do all the judging, and you get to see what won after that. Um, it's all open to the public, and it's free. So the sale starts at 10 while the judging's going on. Then after that, they announce the winners and, and put out the ones for you to really gawk over because they won. Now, that's this weekend. Next weekend, as usual, comes our friends in Hattiesburg. Indeed, this will be Saturday, the 4th of June, and I'm happy to say it's going to be at the train depot in downtown Hattiesburg. What a cool place. You will have such a good, good time. The plant sale there in Hattiesburg next week begins at 11 a.m., and of course the show is, again, after they judge, a couple hours later, you can go look at the winners and enjoy all that. But but get yourself down there. These are some of the, these are literally world-class daylily growers, and it's the biggest opportunity that you have to go and, and see what they're up to, short of, you know, taking a tour and begging and whatnot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay, Shannon, I thought you meant I thought you meant caladium. It is under a porch. It does. It needs a little more water. It needs a little bit more light, not direct sun, but it needs a little more light. And I would fertilize it. But nice, beautiful plant. I think it's probably candidum. I I don't know what that is in the corner. It looks like an areca palm that is way pale. So you may just not be getting enough light under there for for anybody. Okay? Okay. I have been uh, working on this. I told you all a little bit about working on this, the, the pollinator garden at my house for the front um, and, and talking to people about plants. I've got just about everything that's on the list that you all gave me last week, and I appreciate that very, very much. Today I want to know, what's your favorite color butterfly bush? Um, the the Budlia Davidii, you know, you might like purple, you might like pink, you might like white. I'd like to know what you think, what you like. Let me hear from you, okay? Budlia is a great plant. And you may not want to hear this, but <laughs> you probably know this already. I, I knew this, but I, no one had proven it to me. University of Essex is reporting on a study that they did recently. <laughs> You know those diaries that you keep, or those food diaries, and the nutritionists and the doctors and everybody tell you, you know, write down what you eat. We're going to help you figure out how to live better and be healthier and yada, yada, yada. Everybody eats the equivalent of three extra cheeseburgers a day more than they admit. (laughs) I think this is wonderful. Doesn't matter if you're thin. Doesn't matter if you're not thin. Everybody fibs about their food. Kind of like your weight on your driver's license. I don't care what weight you are, you're taking five pounds off on the driver's license, maybe 10. Okay, everybody does that. Um, And in this particular case, they also took into account, which they consider an innovation in the way they measure these things, the amount of energy that a person burns every day. Everybody misreported how many calories they consume by about 900 calories. And indeed, it might be bigger in people who are considered obese. Um, believe you me, almost all of us are considered obese by the actuarial tables. Trust me, I'm, I'm there. Um, but we actually burn more calories than thin people. It's just that the gap is greater. So. Oh, my goodness. The U.K. Um, is very upset about bulging waistlines, and they are hoping that they can shake up their own guidelines. Now, we've done that several times here in the United States. It doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. They're, what they're trying to do there is to get over 
some proposals that were made, which I've actually heard some conversations about. Um, they they were they wanted to ban buy one get one free junk food deals. You can't do that. And they also wanted to make nine o'clock at night the last point where you could go out and purchase a sugary snack, which I presume would be like an ice cream cone. Are you kidding me? I don't think the UK is that much different than us. You take away that those things, you take away things like that, those kind of choices, you're going to find out just exactly who you're dealing with, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> I really think that. Bill's in Poplarville. Hey, now, let's see what's going on. And I still love that T-shirt, Bill. That's just wonderful. Um, he he got three bare root pawpaw trees. Two of them have leafed out, but the third is it's still green under the bark, but it hasn't leafed out. Should I give up on it? No, I wouldn't give up on it, but I might prune it a little bit just to see if you can't stimulate it. Take off maybe an inch off of each stem that you got there, if that's a good, if that's a possible measure to do. And then I would fertilize it. I might either get root stimulator fertilizer if you don't happen to have anything compost tea or any of that around already. I would give it a little something to stimulate some root development and see if we can't get it to go on and push a little harder. It may just not be efficiently operating on its roots enough to be able to push up the water and nutrients that it needs to pop out the leaves. And since it's still green under the bark, we know it has potential. So give it a little pruning. Surprise it. Give it a little shock. Don't prune the others. Just prune the ones that the one that hasn't leafed out yet. I do love pawpaw trees. Um, it's a it's a really beautiful beautiful fruit people people you know one of the things that happens is we don't see it in the grocery store or we don't see it at the market or you know whatever it happens to be at the time so we don't necessarily know if it's good pawpaws don't travel very well uh, like loquats loquats don't travel very well so you're not likely to see them other than somebody handing you a bag full from their backyard or their front yard in some cases so it's a it's a really good um, really really good measure of how healthy your garden is is if you can make some fruit so i'm glad to see that that that's going on i'm happy to report that my blueberries look real good uh, the possum hogs that i don't want look real good <laughs> you know who you are that's supposed to come get those things um the figs have made figs i told you that half the fig tree died that one's making figs the one that i chopped off because it never makes more than one fig has a fig on it <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna leave that thing or not but I do can always consider that things are better when when there's enough um, energy and enough pollination and nothing's going on to, to get stuff to actually bloom and then make fruit it's very important a lot of y'all wrote and asked about the container information the um, potting soil that I make and how to adapt it for a raised bed and also how to water a pot so if you want that Thought that handout, that flyer, just send me an email, mama on air at yahoo.com. Mama is always M A M A when it's me. Um, ooh, that's a pretty tree. What's the best way to prune our Japanese magnolia? I wouldn't prune it myself. I think it's lovely. Um, it has a good shape, and I bet it has lots of beautiful flowers on it. If you feel like it's not getting enough sunlight into the canopy, and that's some is limiting your blooms the next year perhaps you can certainly thin it out a little bit but i wouldn't i wouldn't do any heavy duty pruning i think it's lovely and yeah you can take off part of this take you can go up the other edge of it and take out that stuff at the bottom so you have more trunks and less leaves toward the bottom but it's a beautiful tree 
I wish I could see it in bloom. It's really pretty. Japanese magnolias are one of those trees. My, my neighbors um, has been much abused over the years, and I, I don't know if it's going to make another year. It's uh, they they don't have a long lifespan, but they can get very comfortable and stay somewhere for 20 or 30 years. If they're not, though, they're hard to revive once they've gone. So don't prune too hard. Don't don't take it don't take it on too much because it's just a it's a lovely it's a lovely tree. If it's not blooming enough, though, you can certainly thin it out. And yes, you can take off those that lower growth. Okay, that's fun. Um, Terry and Bogachita gives you comfort. He says it takes years for the bare root pawpaw that he grew to take off. He knows from experience. So be patient. Do a little pruning and don't don't worry too much. Pretty, pretty gardenias. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Just gorgeous. Um, I'm <laughs> at the car. The car does smell good. <laughs> that's beautiful. Bonnie's in Van Cleve this morning. Oh, that's so pretty. Gorgeous, gorgeous. My experience with gardenias actually does come from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. The plants on the side of my great aunt's house where we spent every summer were also the source of the ones that my mother rooted in wax milk cartons. Do you all remember with those things? You'd cut them off. Or my family did. They cut them off and root plants in them, and then you put them in the back of the car and take them to the next relative's house. And that's how the ones along the side of my mother's house came. When I was a child, we had a an attic fan. So you open the windows, turn the fan on in the attic, and it pulls the cool in, cool air in at night, along with the gardenia scent. And when I think about summertime, that's what I smell both at my great aunt's in Gulfport and also at my mama's house. Um, I have to tell you, there's nothing like it. There, there, it nothing, nothing smells as good as the ones you remember. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Oh, my goodness. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So lovely. Thank you, Bonnie and Robin and Van Cleve. Magnificent. I'm going to hang on to this picture. Thank you very much. All right, now, let's go with Lucinda. Come on now, say your prayers. This is Weekend Gardening. I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. 
Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWG Employer Services. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. This is Joe Rooks. Create your own Gravely Zero-Turn Mower Package and save big at Revel Ace Hardware and Revel Outdoor Power. Pick your Gravely Mower, pick your trailer for as low as $97 a month. And for just $10 a month more, you can add a steel, trimmer, blower, and chainsaw. Plus, 0% interest. Revel is Mississippi's largest Gravely dealer, and that means great selection, savings, and service. Learn more at reveloutdoor.com and Facebook. Revel and Gravely, brands you can trust. Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Do you know your indoor air quality score? Today, one in five people suffer from or have allergy or asthma. 90% of homes have indoor air quality problems. Over 25 million Americans suffer from asthma. We spend 90% of our time indoors, and our indoor air quality is two to five times worse than outdoors. Call 1-800-SOLUTIONS today. Green Home Solutions is the best decision you can make towards improving your family's indoor air quality. This is Joe Cordell of Cordell & Cordell. I want to speak to the dads who are being denied access to their kids, excluded from key parenting decisions, are contending with child support issues. In all of these cases, doing nothing is probably not a good strategy. The law has given you rights, but you have to assert them. If the challenge is the cost of an attorney, Cordell & Cordell offers a capped fee option. Give us a call. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only.
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Ah, multitasking. See, I can answer a text, talk, and hear what's going on all at the same time. Sometimes. Now, let's see. I almost got that right. I only missed one letter. That's pretty good. I'm asking to send these photos um, to my email because I can't do that from here, but it, but you can, and if you do, then I'll be able to tell you what the plant is, because I can't remember it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Appreciate you. Oh, goodness. Darren says uh, the, the, the smell of Cape Jasmine reminds him of when he was a kid, too. And yes, my mama only ever called it Cape Jasmine. This was uh, that was her name. And, and, and it's, a, it's the common name for the species, which is the plant that I'm talking about. There are lots of gardenias. There are lots of smaller flowered ones, different sized bushes, one thing and another. But the big old one, the classic uh, gardenia jasminoides that was imported here in the first place, is the one that I like the most. It's not the one I have in my garden because I have the one in my garden to make rose hips for the birds. I mean rose hips, to make hips, seed pods um, that look like rose hips for the birds that are really nice, beautiful things. Fun stuff. I am growing and happy to tell you about Asiatic lilies, and I hope you grow them too. There's a couple of things about lilies altogether. One is that they're bigger plants than you think they are, so they don't belong on the front of the front of the border. Probably, you know, they need to have a little space behind them and around them. I have seen them planted two in a square foot, and that's about as close as they can get, and still have room for these big, tall stems and lots of leaves that they put on big, big, intense amounts of leaves. But that's what supports that um, the beautiful flowers and in fact they're just like Easter lilies in that they're going to have pollen out on the ends and you need to take that pollen off otherwise you'll stain the petals themselves the, the flower itself so do that okay um, let's see <laughs> Joe says oh Joe this is so sad because I have this going on at my house how do you always have the same things going on at my house uh, how other than breaking the container because these are nice pots, how do you extract a root-bound split-leaf philodendron? Well, here's the thing, Joe. This has worked for me, and sometimes it's just hard to do, but you have to get it really, really wet. And then you have to take your trowel or something that is a single blade like that that you can manipulate with your hand and go all the way around on the inside of the pot. You're breaking the roots out of the pot, and you're not going to get all of them, okay? But you have to do the best you can. What I'm saying to you is if you don't want to crack the pot, you're going to have to dig them out. Now, if they've got roots coming out the drain hole, you're going to have to cut those off and push them back up into the soil mass. This will break your heart when you do it. It will really seriously be, oh, no, I can't believe I'm doing this. But you have to because otherwise that's what's going to hold the pot and break the pot when you try to pull the plant out. So dig all the way down, push the roots back up in there if you have any coming out the drain hole, and make sure that you're slicing the edge into the edge of the pot because what happens, of course, is that the roots don't just grow bigger, they grow tighter. And as they do that, they get stuck to the sides of those containers of that ceramic pot. Whether it's plastic or ceramic or made out of something else, they're going to stick to it. So you have to literally go in and slice the whole thing out. I have used, I have a butcher knife that is no longer in my kitchen because the tip of it broke. I use that in my plants. I have used that for this sort of thing. 
don't use the same implements in your yard that you use in your kitchen. Okay, get a separate, use the ones that break in the garden, or get a separate one for the garden. That's one thing. And the other thing to know is that, yes, sometimes you're going to end up having to just take the knife or the trowel that you're working with and literally lift the thing out. And it's it it's not fun. You can almost hear the plant scream, and when you finally get it out, you will have to take off some of the lower leaves more than likely, or any that are damaged anywhere on the plant so that it has less to try to support. When you repot it, you are going to need to use compost tea, root stimulator, um, you know, something that's going to give it a root bust, push that forward, and then the rest of it will come along. Okay? Ah, Papa D's picking tomatoes. That's marvelous. Just beautiful. Really, really beautiful. <laughs> Bigger cantaloupes. Good, gorgeous. That's just wonderful. That's really wonderful. I love all of that. Fun stuff. Really, really nice to see. I always enjoy seeing everybody's tomatoes. I I do have to say that I'm tired already of um, people, the, all the complaints. And I'll, I'll answer every one of them because y'all send me so many great things, whether it's on Facebook or, or in social media or in email. Certainly my subscribers get the first part and best part of me uh, that, that, that are not, you know, if you're on, here on the show, you get your answers the very first. And then come the newsletter subscribers because, frankly, they're all over my email. And then it seems this week that every other question was about a tomato. <laughs> so... If those are yours, I'll be happy to go back over them again. Maybe we've answered most of them, though. What about this? Oh, my goodness. I I thought I knew this, um, but I didn't. I guess I didn't actually know this. There is a good bit of good health news about cranberries. And frankly, I don't like cranberries that much. They are tart, they're bitter, and they're hard. So when you cook them, generally speaking, you have to cook them with a lot of sugar, and I'm not interested in that. But we've got information from the University of East Anglia letting us know that if you can, (laughs) if you want to lower your bad cholesterol, improve your memory and your brain function, according to their new research, this has been 50 to 80-year-old people, they've been doing this for several years, they want to hope they're hoping to find dietary ways to get you to be healthier as we as we age okay so we understand that higher dietary flavonoid intake we get all that anthocyanins all those things which are while we eat berries anyway blueberries and and all but now they want us to eat cranberries well I think it's because they didn't have blueberries. I'm pretty sure if I ate a cup of blueberries every day, other than my nose would probably glow blue, I'm, I'm going to have the same problem with the cranberries. That's a lot of cranberries. They want me to eat a cup a day. <laughs> How am I going to do that? That's so I couldn't do that without the sugar, and I'm not going to do that. Now, half of the participants consumed a freeze-dried cranberry powder, which was the and the others consumed something that looked like it but was a placebo. In other words, they were not trying to feed these people cranberries. Fortunately, but I just don't know. I, I, I'm just not sure. What, what does that make everything taste like? Can I put it in my chamomile tea? What is it? I don't know. Interesting idea, though. Something to think about for sure. Something to think about. Um, let's see. Oh, that's a good question. Pat's in Central Mississippi, and she wants to talk about dwarf gardenias and how they're different. How, what to, how to take care of them? They still need. 
a certain number of hours of bright sun, and that doesn't have to be direct, but it has to be at least bright. If it's direct, it can be just morning sun. If it's bright, needs to be some bright light around it at least half the day, if not more. The thing about the little dwarf gardenias, of course, is that they grow quickly, but they tend to grow leaves and not flowers. And part of that's because they're, they're close to the ground, they get started, and they just keep growing because our growing conditions are so good, all right? Prettiest ones I've ever seen of the dwarf gardenias were actually in great big, shallow, round pots. And they, they because they could spread their roots out only so far, and then they kind of had to bloom because they didn't have anywhere else to go. So that is something to consider. Um, I hope that you're, I hope when you're looking at them, you realize they are an acid-loving plant. So you're going to need the same thing that you would be given your azaleas and your hollies and your camellias. But other than that, just don't let them get too much water. I've seen more of them turn yellow and die from being underwater than anything else. I love dwarf gardenias. That's something else I need to get. Good grief, y'all are making my list so long today. Thank you for that. Stick around now. This is Weekend Gardening. Don't you worry about a thing. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. Hello everyone, I'm Bob. Welcome to the digging safety class. Hey Bob! You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811. I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living. I know man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh? Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law and it's just the right thing to do. Lanny went to college and racked up huge debt. A little bit over $100,000. For a degree he couldn't use? Now what? I had a friend that went to my computer career and they talked to me about it. He was done in just months. I did do it online. They even helped him get hired immediately after graduation. One of the things I love about IT is that you can work from anywhere you want. You could become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at My Computer Career. It worked for me and I know it can work for you. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies, ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home. Because we hate termites more than you do. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
Say the Supreme Court does decide to overturn Roe v. Wade, the legality of abortion would be left to the discretion of individual states. But what's not clear is whether states would be able to enforce their laws beyond their own borders. Here's what Governor Tate Reeves had to say about abortion tourism. I can't imagine a mayor of a city or a governor of a state uh, trying to make their place an oasis to uh, have um, people come there uh, to abort unborn children. And I think that's the, the, the primary uh, distinction here that must be made is that when you're talking about abortions, there is an unborn child in that womb, an unborn American citizen. Um, and, and it's just it's, it's mind boggling to me that these politicians would say this. 13 states, including Mississippi, currently have what's called a trigger law in place, which would automatically ban abortion in the first and second trimesters if the landmark case is overturned. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. The newly named chief of Capitol Police has spent the last decade as the senior criminal investigator in the Mississippi Attorney General's office. Bo Lucky has also served in the Brandon Police Department, Rankin County Sheriff's Department, the Department of Homeland Security, and the DEA. For the last six, seven months, I've been working full-time with human trafficking and back out there in the streets of Jackson. He says it's much more prevalent in Mississippi than most people realize. You know, last year we did a, a blitz effort from North Mississippi all the way down to South Mississippi. We recovered uh, 50 victims or 49 50 victims and made about 14 arrests now out of those 14 arrests probably about a third of those were charged with human trafficking governor tate reeves and dps commissioner sean tendall announced his new role with the capitol police last week for all things mississippi visit supertalk.fm from Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. As conference tournaments wrap up this weekend, the regular season is already done, so that means all conference honors have been announced. Making first team all in SEC was R.J. Yeager from Mississippi State, Jacob Gonzalez from Ole Miss, second team all in SEC, Logan Tanner from Mississippi State, and Tim Elko from Ole Miss. Making the freshman all SEC team, Hunter Elliott from Ole Miss and Hunter Hines from Mississippi State. Five Southern Miss Golden Eagles made Conference USA's team. Three pitchers, Tanner Hall, Hurston Waldrop, and Landon Harper, along with infielders Dustin Dickerson on the second team, and Carson Pato from Southern Miss. And USM coach Scott Berry was named the Coach of the Year in Conference USA. Southern Miss pitcher Tanner Hall was also awarded the Ferris Trophy as the best pitcher in the state of Mississippi. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Propane is a safe, reliable, and clean energy source, and it's important that you're aware of these basic safety tips. Be sure that all family members are familiar with the smell of propane, know where the shutoff valve is, and what to do if a leak is suspected. Your propane provider will continue to offer a gas system check by one of their professionally trained technicians at no cost to you. Ask your provider for a pamphlet about more important propane safety info. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. The Junior College Division II World Series gets underway today in Enid, Oklahoma. The 10-team field was announced earlier this week, and Pearl Rivers Wildcats have been selected as the number one seed in the upcoming Division II College World Series out in Enid, Oklahoma. Wildcats are 40-10 and 10 overall. They will get a bye through the first round of the tournament, which is today, and they will take on the winner of the number eight seed Florida State Jacksonville and number nine seed Phoenix College game which is being played today. The Pearl River game will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Wildcats enter the tournament, currently sitting 6th in the nation in homers, or 76. And then slugging percentage of 547, 11th in stolen bases with 141. Their pitching staff is also among the best in the country. The 4.29 ERA is a staff and 383 strikeouts. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Thank you so very, very much for being a radio listener, for tuning in to Weekend Gardening, and for being here with me on Saturday morning or you might be listening to the rebroadcast. You might be having a podcast. You may have even taken the previous programs and put them in your pocket at on demand at supertalk.fm whatever you're doing however you're hearing me thank you very very much for that i appreciate it tremendously so a couple of things came in on the text line we're talking about a project of trying to get that dogwood tree in hernando to bloom it did not do that <clears throat> it should have but it didn't so um, we were talking about it had never been fertilized, I believe, so we're talking about fertilizing it, so now we're going to fertilize it again. And remember, trees set, most trees set their flowers for next year after the bloom of this year, but it takes a long time for those things to mature, okay? So you don't want to go be doing a bunch of pruning. However, if there's some thinning out or some overgrowth that you feel like you need to do, that's fine. What we're trying to do is make sure that the tree is happy and healthy. And yes, if the summer's dry, you got to water it. Now, all that's given that there's enough sunlight in that particular position to make it bloom. Um, we can only hope. And <laughs> we, we, we think it will. <laughs> we think it will. All right. That's a good one. Good question. Thank you for that today. You can ask your question about gardening, 888 is the Super Talk call line. Or you can call us. Um, 
And you can write and say hello on the text line, ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Let's see now, what else going on? Oh, Daniel's celebrating being here for a year, but don't get too excited. He's going off to college. We we won't have him for that long, but we're glad you made it a year. Not everyone does. I appreciate that. I'm I'm not awful, but I'm awful. (laughs) Not everybody makes it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Congratulations. This is when you say, oh, you're not awful at all. (laughs) No, we all know I can be a little demanding. That's why the program is good. All right, now, what does that mean? Well, that means that I know the way it's supposed to work. And one of the things I wanted you to know about today is my love affair with Louisiana Iris. I had to answer a question about Louisiana Iris last week or two, and I really don't even know why that why I went down this particular um, rabbit hole but I did I ended up at the Louisiana Iris Society's website I guess I knew it existed I don't know I did know that the first person to say oh that iris is different was John James Audubon but I did not know what picture he drew it in I know all of that now but more importantly I only knew a little bit about Caroline Dorman and she's the person that whose name I always associated with having not necessarily discovered it, but was the first person to write about them so much. Um, Of course, the copper iris, which people understand is a wildflower, well, that's it's a smaller plant. The flowers are not all that showy, but they are lovely. They, somehow or another out there in the great wild, that iris and other things managed to do a little inbreeding and got themselves to an entirely different big blue flat flat-headed iris you know the thing about louisiana iris and the way that you can usually recognize them besides the fact that they're blooming in water sometimes which other iris don't necessarily do but you you will see the flowers are flat and that means that they they do have all the parts, the falls and all that, but those things go straight out in almost a radiated fashion. Um, and so she, the 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 one that was named that by Dr. Small, of course, was Irish Gigantis cerulea, and cerulea has to do with the blue color of it. Fun stuff. I did not know that. Um, that was all like nineteen, I don't even know, nineteen twenty six or something. 1926. Even I wasn't around then. <laughs> Let's see. Jason in Brookhaven. Um, he wants to get nutgrass out of a vegetable garden. It started up last year and got a whole lot worse this year. It will do that. By the way, I had such great correspondence from Brookhaven this week. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it very, very much hearing from y'all. The um, thing about nutgrass is that it would rather live than die. And um, we have some weeds that are easy to get rid of. We have other things that are not. If this was last year and you were finishing the summer and you had said to me, um, I got nutgrass in my vegetable garden, I would have said, well, good, this is the perfect time for you to solarize that patch. And by that, I mean, get everything out of the garden that you wanted to harvest and then cover it with clear plastic, six mils thick, pin it down all the way around and leave it there for three months. And what happens is the sun works its way through the plastic to the plant material. Its effect is amplified by the fact that the clear plastic, six mil thick clear plastic is on top of the plants. And the two things together cause it not only to die, but to kill down to a depth so that you kill the actual nuts that the nutgrass are in. There are sprays for nutgrass. I 
As far as I know, they are not labeled for use in vegetable gardens. And in fact, I wouldn't, because I, I grow all of my food crops, particularly I grow everything sustainably, but I really am picky about what goes into my food crops. So that's where I would draw that particular line. I'd physically remove it now, keep mulching to try and keep it from coming back up. And when that when this year's garden comes out in July or August, go ahead and do the solarizing to at least well, do the solarizing to the worst part of the nutgrass. That's really the way to go. And if you want to know more about how to do that, by all means, send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Nobody says that anymore, so I have to say it. Mabel and Jackson, welcome in. How are you? I'm all right. And you? Doing real well, thank you. I don't know about some, some fertilizer that I can put on my, around my flowers. Okay. Or that. All my flowers that I got for Mother's Day and some, all the flowers done fell off of them. Mm-hmm. We had all that rain since Mother's Day. Well, the good news is that the flowers are off, so now they can make more. Um, do you prefer to put fertilizer in water and water with it, or do you prefer one that's a granular that you put on the soil? Okay. In that case, um, I'm going to tell you that that there's nothing in the world wrong with Miracle Grow, but make sure that it's one that is for flowering plants. There's several different formulas, and there's organic, there's regular, there's all of that. But the point is that the ones that you mix up in the water, the only thing you have to look for is to be sure that it has a flowering formula. When you look at the numbers on the label, it it might be 20-20-20. That's not the one you want. You want 10-20-10 or something like that. You want some other thing, and it'll say for flowering plants. I would use that. I'd use it every week until they get going again. Oh, like, you know, I had a uh, march around them, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What to do, uh, pull it back? No, you don't have to because you could, you're using a liquid. You just do it like you'd water them. And that is the advantage of using liquid fertilizer, you know, that you mix in water first. Because it, it, otherwise you do have to pull the mulch back and work the, the fertilizer into the soil. So you don't have to do that with this. Ten. You, you're looking for something that would be, the first number would be lower than the other two. So either 10, 5, 10, 10, or 10, 20, 20, or something where the other two numbers are higher than the first number. And that's good for my plants that's in the ground and yes. in the pots. Cause yes, so absolutely. Absolutely. As long as you're growing flowering plants in the ground and in containers, you can use that every week if you want to. Okay. Okay. Okay, then one more question. Sure. Uh, uh, With that rosemary, the lady, she planted some rosemary, Mm -hmm. and she wanted to know how how did she pull it off or what she do to, she never did before. Okay, when rosemary puts up those, the first, at first when they sprout, it'll be kind of tender. And if you don't like the taste of rosemary a whole lot, those are the ones that you use. You use like two inches off the top of that real tender green stem. If you like a stronger smell and a stronger taste from the rosemary, let it get woody before you start cutting it. Because, you know, those little branches will get real tight and dense and woody after a few months. And when they do that, it's going to be a much stronger taste. So she can clip them off when they're bright green, or she can wait. Okay. All right, then. And, and you say get one with the number, and it could be, uh, I want to make sure, mm-hmm. miracle Grow. It could be miracle Grow's fine. There'll be other brands, but miracle Grow's the one you're going to see the most places. Okay. All right. Let me know I how it goes. Try it. Thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. 
have a wonderful Memorial Day holiday weekend. Thank you, Mabel. We're everybody in my neighborhood, in, including me and Mabel, are excited about this weather. I don't know if y'all are too. This is what I would call the break. So get everything done that you need to get done because it's going to get really hot. <laughs> Even at my house, where we pretend like it's cool all the time, it's going to. In fact, next week there will be triple digit oh, heat index. Not temperatures, but heat index. I love how they call that the real feel. You know? <laughs> Well, I wondered where Ken was. This is the first text we've gotten from him. He's moving. He wants to know if we want to come to a remote and help him. I'm sorry. All we can do is send you good wishes, Ken. Good luck. (laughs) That's really... Y'all know that I should have written the book, Move Every Ten Years, Even If It's Only Across the Street, because otherwise everybody in your family brings all their stuff and leaves it at your house. Since I did that to my mother, I can guarantee that that's actually is what has happened to me. Uh, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> Where did this come from? I don't know. The house is not that big. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it's, you know. Well, here's something that is I'm tickled by. I don't know if you will be or not, but sometimes the things that people study really, really do tickle me. I have a dog that lives at my house that can tell when I'm in a good mood and she will be right up next to me if I am not in such a good mood she will move right away and I barely have to say anything I have cats however that I can yell at curse at carry on and they're just gonna sit there they don't care can't be bothered or not interested turns out from the University of Copenhagen how we speak to animals matters particularly horses and pigs now, I haven't talked about my former neighbor. He's, he he moved when he finished medical school, but he had a pot-bellied pig and lived in an apartment next door to me for years. Um, he he spoke so nicely. I didn't. I never thought about it, but she would literally do anything he asked because he had the sweetest voice. And I don't know if he ever yelled at her. I don't know if he ever yelled at anybody. But it does bode well for his bedside manner, I suppose, as a doctor, that he had this friendly, nice, kind voice. Turns out they distinguish well between negative and positive sounds, not only from humans, but from each other. I would have expected they could tell that, you know, Mama Pig was mad at the babies or something, any of that. But the idea that they can actually tell when we're making different sounds is particularly interesting. The history of emotional development in terms of animals and their relationships with each other and their relationships with us does inform things. Um, I've never, I, I had not heard until I was an adult about a thing called a horse whisperer but i i grew up with one my father could my father could talk to any he was not dr doolittle i'm not making him into a cartoon okay but he could talk to any horse i never saw him around a horse that wasn't interested in being right next to him and listening to whatever he had to say i'm sure that the carrots in his pocket didn't hurt but it was his voice that really that got them there so that they could see it They did a lot of results that I thought were really interesting, though, and one was that Asian wild horses have the same response as domesticated horses. 
for, for apparently no reason at all, except that they do. Pigs were studied along with the boars, and the, the, the pigs clearly reacted to the sounds of their counterparts with emotional resonance, okay? But it was almost the same with humans, interestingly. Um, <laughs> now, I do like this. I don't know if they could do this with the animals, but one other feature of this study that made it interesting to me is that they're... They they had it be human sounds, but gibberish. They didn't want, for example, I guess if the pig had learned to react to no, you know, or so they didn't want a specific word from the human to be what they picked up. But they actually recorded them in lots of different ways. They recorded their motion after the noises were made, the flipping of their ears, whether or not they backed up or came nearer, all of those kinds of things. And it actually turns out that how we speak makes a difference. Interesting, huh? <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Trey, you're having way too much fun today. I'm afraid. <laughs> I can't even do that. I didn't know that I would ever have the opportunity to say this on the radio or anywhere else. But my goodness, we have skydiving salamanders. What? No, it's not that piece of equipment in the restaurant kitchen that heats the food up. No, that's not it. We're talking about salamanders. University of California, Berkeley. Where else would you go to study anything in California? If you had the opportunity, you would go to the Redwood Forest. And that's just one of the most beautiful places to have the opportunity. But what they are, they have built a vertical wind tunnel. That's right, vertical wind tunnel in order to figure this out because there are salamanders that never come down from the top of the redwood trees that's where they spend their entire life so how do they do that how they get from one place to the other how do they manage to take care of themselves obviously they're avoiding terrestrial predators but how do they avoid the others and it's really interesting stuff they can actually skydive they um they 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 go back to a tree that's fallen after the salamander falls not the tree or to get away from anything that might be coming to try to eat them. We know that there are flying squirrels. If you've never, I'm, and I'm not talking about Rocky and Bullwinkle, although certainly he's probably the most famous one that we know by name, but flying squirrels are one thing. There also, though, are what we've always heard of as gliding frogs, um, flying geckos and those kind of things. They're, they, they use interesting aerial movements we talked about the spider a couple of weeks ago that in order to avoid being consumed by its mate has developed this really fancy um four feet of the two of their feet are able to be springs basically and they can jump out of the way and not be consumed so that's pretty cool but in this case those guys are actually just flinging themselves away from the situation in the case of the salamanders though they actually have an exquisite amount of control and the videos are very cool i love a good drone video and i'm serious you need to see this one right now though for our friends that are telling us about the day lilies for the campbells too glad to have you back around this is weekend gardening smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea because Yes, you
In Mississippi, we look out for one another because that's the Mississippi way. I'll be honest, not long ago, I was unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine because I had a lot of questions. And after talking to my healthcare provider, I got the answers I needed to make an informed decision about protecting myself and my community because that's the Mississippi way. Got questions? Get informed by visiting the MSWay.com or talking to one of the physicians with the Mississippi State Medical Association. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I, I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is just part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injury. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture and accessories for outdoor and indoor living areas. Lakeland has everything you need from umbrellas and replacement cushions to beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll find Komodo Joe grills, Yeti coolers, and great collegiate gift items. The expert staff at Lakeland is happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. Be sure to get your soils and mulches. Many are sold by the bag or in bulk, and Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 43 years. Listen to your mama now and call 601-939-7304. Visit online at lakelandyardandgarden.com and stop by Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. This is Joe Cordell of Cordell & Cordell. I want to speak to the dads who are being denied access to their kids, excluded from key parenting decisions, are contending with child support issues. In all of these cases, doing nothing is probably not a good strategy. The law has given you rights, but you have to assert them. If the challenge is the cost of an attorney, Cordell & Cordell offers a capped fee option. Give us a call. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC. GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. I'm Michael Carson, run for congressman of District 2. I want to see this district reach its full potential. To accomplish this, there will have to be a change. To make this happen, I will keep an honest, an open ear, and an open mind to guide by what the people want. If you want to make a change, it is time to take action. 
On June the 7th, vote Michael Carson, Congressman of District 2. Together, we can make a difference. God bless. This message paid for and approved by Michael Carson for Congress. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. I'm so glad you turned your radio on today, or your computer, or your app on the phone, or however you're listening. Um, The good news is, we all get to be here together, and I appreciate that more than you can possibly imagine. This is indeed the Memorial Day weekend. This is the time that we bring the most of our emotions, I believe, to our holiday world in the sense that doesn't matter what your religion is, doesn't matter what part of the country you come from, doesn't matter your economic status, your race, your background. Everybody in in this country, everybody in the United States of America has had the lives today because of the benefits and the sacrifices made by those who came before us. And in the case of our military, this is the day, this is the weekend. Not that we shouldn't do it all the time. But this particular weekend, we especially want to remember and to honor. So I appreciate all of you doing that, because I know you do. And I would be remiss if I did not say, good morning, Columbus, Mississippi, because that's the first place that we have a record of in 1866. That's right. The ladies of Columbus, Mississippi, decorated the graves at the cemetery there in, in honor of the fallen soldiers. They did not discriminate between the soldiers you know this was civil war years they decorated everybody's graves union soldiers and confederate alike because everybody is somebody's kid everybody who was lost to us gave the best that they could and that's why we celebrate memorial day now from 1866 all the way to 1970 it was observed on may the 30th but of course at that point is when we began having these monday holidays so that's why the official holiday comes on the last monday <laughs> but that's that's to make it easier for everybody to get time off and do you know do what they need to do to celebrate to honor to remember and it's very important that we do that now all that being said That's how come we can be here gardening today. It's because somebody cleared the way for us. And in fact, Andrea's got a good question for Madison. She's she's got figs all over the tree. Should I take some of them off? No, as long as it's an established tree. If it's a brand new tree and it's only three feet tall and has 40 figs on it, yeah, you might take off 10. You know, you might do a little fruit thinning in the same way that we would do to a plum or some other fruit tree. But most of the time, the fig's going to ripen what it has, or it'll just knock off some of them. I would not do that. And I would not fertilize either. That was her other question. Um, I'm not going to fertilize that fig tree when it's in, or anything, really, when it's in fruit. You don't want to. You don't want to shock it and knock the fruit off that way. Oh, Andy, that's beautiful. Just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Really, really lovely. Pretty, pretty garden. I like the five-gallon buckets. I like that big, beautiful squash plant, and all those peas. <laughs> that's pretty, or beans, but they look like peas to me. Maybe that's because I'm growing field peas. Um, the beans and peas do look a lot alike. I do. I know that. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. A little more on the Asiatic lily. Um, someone texted me and, and said, uh, what do I do? I've got mealybugs in the leaves. And, and when you, if you grow Asiatic jasmine, uh, Asiatic lilies, excuse me, you've seen um, the leaves are almost triangle-shaped, and they come off the stems. So they're very fat at their base. And that gives a lot of area for things like mealybugs to get started. The sticky little bugs that you touch them and they stick to your fingers, generally speaking, that's going to be mealybugs. On the other hand, if they squish and stuff comes out, it's scale. That's not as likely to be on an Asiatic lily. It's more than likely mealybugs. If you just see a few, or when you see a few, I should say, get a swab or a tiny paintbrush and some rubbing alcohol and dot them all up and down on that plant. If it's too much to do that before you notice them and they're all over the place, that's when you need to start with insecticidal soap and or pyrethrin, but insecticidal soap will do it at eight-day intervals because you're breaking up the life cycle of this insect, which takes eight days to reproduce. I know that sounds crazy, but they do. Aphids, almost all of them, reproduce at eight-day intervals. So when you're trying to control them, you've got some that are present today, you're going to get those. But you've also got some, they've already laid some eggs that are maturing for the next week. So that's why you have to come back eight days later and hit them again if you want to control things like that. It's very important. Okay, okay. Talking about um, the kinds of language that we and our animal buddies use and don't use and have, Max Planck's uh, Fascinating place, but the, in, the, in, in this case, it's the Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology. In other words, how do we get here and where are we going is kind of those questions that that brings to me. The structured vocal sequences that they have found in wild chimpanzee um, communication really does help us understand how our language, because it is all ultimately the same bunches of phrases and vocal sequences, it, it actually doesn't sound like language, but it's certainly repetitive that we can hear. They obviously know what each other is saying. But i got to tell you, some of it sounds like Middle English. <laughs> if you've ever listened to any Middle English, there's a, there's, a new, there's a book out recently about Middle English. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm interested in that, that connection. But it's a, it's a much less... Uh, sophisticated language than we use, but there are parts of it we can recognize. And I think the same is true of our chimpanzee friends. We, we, we combine phrases and words and noises and sometimes expressions as well as the tone and the lilt of the voice, as we were talking about, you know, the higher, sweeter voices or the lower, more serious voices. All of those things really do happen in the chimpanzees in the same way that we do. Um, in contrast to humans, non-human primates often do more of the call type. They 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 have a shorthand for one another. Um, I think of that like some sometimes you can just know the punchline of a joke. You don't need to know the whole joke because you've already heard it. I think it's that kind of thing. Meanwhile, on the opposite end of the critter scale, has your mother ever told you to straighten up and fly right? Of course she did. Well, if she somebody told you that, probably your mother. In the case of Cornell University, they're trying to figure out how do dragonflies do that, because dragonflies really do not. How how, how can they even do that? 
They're so they flit. You know, how do you straighten up and fly right? How do you go in a distance? In a distance, when your whole body with those big old wings is built on flittering from one place to the next. They've got such stretched bodies in relationship to this gigantic wingspan. You know, how do, how do they do that? And I love this particular, they took a professor of mechanical engineering and physics in order to untangle all of this and the neural controls. And yes, it does begin with the vision because dragonflies have five eyes and they can see better than you and me. Well, certainly better than me. Maybe not better than you, but certainly better than me. And they, it goes directly towards the muscles the, the, that work the wings, the pitch of the wings. And I love all of this. This is about, it's kind of like the wind tunnel study, what they did with the salamanders, where they put the salamanders in the top of the wind tunnel and found out how they fly. In this particular case, they put the dragonflies unright, askew, and watched how they straighten themselves up. And it takes their vision kind of like a ballerina looking at one spot in order to turn a pirouette. If you've ever wondered what that's about, you you literally are looking in one place, and that's how you manage to spin so many times without falling over because your gaze is in one direction. They use some of that, but they also use those subtle wing controls. Sometimes I wish I had those wing controls. But this has been going on for 20 years. I love, love, love that her work has been taking this long. It's published in Science. So this is a major study. Um, Insects, of course, are the most abundant species, and they were, in fact, the very first to discover Hey, we can fly. <laughs> you know, aerial flight was not um, not known to you or me. And indeed, because dragonflies are such ancient insects, it makes sense to study them. And that we learn a lot from that. We learn a great deal from them. Mount Sinai Hospital is letting you know that we're not the only ones with head injuries, we human beings. Um, you would think, though, that just like we have had to learn better ways to deal with all of these things, there's a there's a creature that is um, the musk ox, and there's another one called the bighorn sheep, and a lot of what they do in the the same way that uh, the 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 animal lizard will pop open his dew flap and turn it red and get everybody excited and try and find a, a date that way. In, in the musk ox and the bighorn sheep, they really do show off by headbutting. They headbutt the uh, other male that's there. They headbutt the babies to teach them how to do it. It's quite a thing. But it also causes their brains to get scrambled. And that's not good. Um, bovids, or, or bovids, cows and sheep and buffaloes and gazelles and all that, they have folded brains like we do. And what they're trying to do is to understand the medical mysteries of this. One of the difficulties is that, generally speaking, they have studied smooth-brained creatures, which are generally like nutria or other, other rodents. So they really had to understand that they needed to study different animals, and they needed to get hold of that, the TBI, the traumatic brain injury, from something that had a brain like ours, and that is to say the folds that we have in our brain are the same as in these bovids, you know, cows and whatnot, muskox, bighorn sheep, all these guys. And indeed, it has been much, much more um, revealing. They have seen them act dazed. <laughs> they have seen them stagger about, you know, after, after a particularly large incident. And indeed, we're trying to learn more and more about it. What they have done, of course, is to take... Um, already deceased examples of the creatures. They take video of the creatures that are doing this headbutting. Obviously, we have lots of that. 
but then to study, they went to ones that were already deceased and studied their brains, kind of like ours, turns out. Willie in West Point, welcome into Weekend Gardening. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Okay, I sent you a picture of a bush that's got red blooms on it. You sent it here to the... five minutes ago. Okay. And I want you to see if you can tell me what it is. Okay, I'm going to look for it. I don't see it here, but... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it. Okay, can you keep look keep listening and we'll we'll wait for it to get here. Okay, now if it doesn't get here, you can always send it to me at my address, mamaonair at yahoo.com, which I will check at my desk when I get home. Won't be today, but I won't be home today. But when I get back in my office, I'll be there and I will look for it there. So you can send it to me here on the text line, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five, or you can send it to Mama on Air at Yahoo dot com. Thank you very much. I will be happy to try and find out what it is. Look, I look forward to seeing it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that very, very much. I think we're going to have to have a new department. You know, we always have the critter department and the under the water and the basically coral news around here, um, surprising discoveries in science. I think we're going to have to do a new department called It's All in Your Head. There is so much research. I really do associate this with the pandemic. People couldn't go out and do other things. You know, they couldn't necessarily go to the Galapagos Islands, so they went and studied what was in the drawer at the Natural Science Museum. <laughs> we couldn't necessarily get to these other things, so we, we are all now studying emotional strengths and sometimes the way that the emotions are working in sleep. What a great study to have at this time. Um, University of Bern researchers have identified how this happens. Now, I was taught, and I have known all my life, that the reason why we have nostalgia for the things that have come before is not because, and I don't, I'm sorry if I'm shattering your illusions, but here we go. It's not because it was that much greater than what's happening now. It's because our brain has a beautiful capacity to wipe out some of the stuff we didn't like and leave the stuff that was more pleasant to us. We have known this in psychology forever. But now we have physical brain evidence of how it works. The, the researchers there at the Department of Neurology at University of Bern and the University Hospital Bern have now identified how your brain triages, how your brain jumps into action to take care of these things during dream sleep, all right? Um, we understand that REM sleep, this dream sleep, is a paradoxical situation. We're more asleep, but we're dreaming more as well. How does all that work? And indeed, many of those dreams are where we process our emotions. So this is particularly exciting. If, if we animals couldn't process things in our sleep, we would wake up every day with the same challenges. And fortunately, they're not all the same challenges. The other thing that we also all wake up with every day is the memory of the day before. The good news is that over time, your brain massages both of those things, and we now understand the mechanism that lets it happen. That means we can help with that. Potentially, we can help with recovering the good memories and help with putting the other ones, putting a little bit more of a gleam on the others, okay? But that's why we look back and see things pretty much nicer than they were 
is because our brains are helping us do that. Okay now, time is tight. This is Weekend Gardening. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. All of us at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Lanny went to college and racked up huge debt. A little bit over $100,000. For a degree he couldn't use? Now what? I had a friend that went to my computer career and they talked to me about it. He was done in just months. I did do it online. They even helped him get hired immediately after graduation. One of the things I love about IT is that you can work from anywhere you want. You could become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at My Computer Career. It worked for me and I know it can work for you. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. This is Joe Rooks. Create your own Gravely Zero-Turn More Package and save big at Revel Ace Hardware and Revel Outdoor Power. Pick your Gravely More, pick your trailer for as low as $97 a month. And for just $10 a month more, you can add a steel, trimmer, blower, and chainsaw. Plus, 0% interest. Revel is Mississippi's largest Gravely dealer, and that means great selection, savings, and service. Learn more at reveloutdoor.com and Facebook. Revel and Gravely, brands you can trust. Mississippi Forestry Association is pleased to offer in-person teachers conservation workshops this June and July. These hands-on conservation workshops feature field trips to sawmills, tree farms, and other natural resource sites and prepare educators to use the award-winning Project Learning Tree curriculum in their classrooms. Workshops are held in North, Central, and South Mississippi and offer CEU credits for Mississippi educators. For more information or to register, go to msforestry.net forward slash TCW. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Bellium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. 
Bob Boyd Honda is the place in Mississippi for Honda certified pre-owned. Honda True Certified Plus guarantees you get all the benefits of joining the Honda family. Thanks to our extensive warranty, every Honda certified pre-owned vehicle comes with peace of mind. And a thorough multi-point inspection with a downloadable vehicle report from Honda. So you see what we see. Find us online at BobWaitHonda.com. Or swing by and let's get you a deal. deal. It's always hard to interrupt some good harmonica music. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That may be the first musical instrument that I ever played. Not that I did it well and not that anyone would want to hear me. But in terms of um, getting a kid ready, getting a kid into it, and getting them to listen to stuff and figure out what they can do, you can't hardly beat a harmonica. I love that. Fun stuff. Anne's in Como. What is wrong with my gardenia? Good grief, Ann. I don't know. Uh, it looks like this whole area has been sprayed with some kind of herbicide. And if that's the case, then your plant is probably suffering from some damage from that. Um, but because it doesn't have very many leaves on it at all and looks kind of tired and, you know, worn out, I'd do a soil test. I'm, I don't think you have enough of an acid soil to grow it. If you have half a day of sunlight and a well-drained soil, then I think a soil test to see what you need to put in that soil is going to be the next thing. But if if you know the area has been sprayed with a weed killer, um, you're probably looking at what the result of it on that woody plant is. They, even if it even if things are not killed by a weed killer, they can be damaged, and I'm afraid that's what may have happened here. But if that's not the case, then do a soil test and figure out what you need to put in that soil. Probably going to need to be more uh, more acid soil. Um, it, it may just need a small adjustment of pH. It kind of depends on what else is in the area that I can't see. Okay? Listen now, here's some good news. I'm uh, always interested in these miracles, quote-unquote, things that we're talking about that we want to be sure we can get toxins out of one thing with another thing and the good news is that we're now seeing that some tropical plants not all of them but there are some that we have tested um brake fern and pennywort indian pennywort and things like that can actually take heavy metals out of soil in in areas where we're going to try to reuse an area renew an area we're going to need to know how to do that because a lot of places that are needing to be turned into either farm or some other kind of land, particularly in a city, may have been light industrial. And they probably got some stuff in that soil that you don't want. So we've got to find ways to get it out. That's a good one. Charles in Crystal Springs, welcome in. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much for calling. What's on your mind? Uh, I have a swamp lily plant. And anyway, it's grown and gotten a fair size. And uh, after it flowers... Then it puts on the little green balls uh, all over the plants there, mm -hmm. and then they fall off. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering uh, what I'm supposed to do with those <laughs> to help 
germinate more plants. Well, the seed pods on things like that, um, hominicalis or the, 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 the spider lily, white swamp lily, um, any of that group, really do make a very big presentation. They make a whole lot of seed pod at the end. You want them to get close to dry, but because of the timing, they oftentimes don't. They just fall off before they can ever dry up because it just rains too much or the air is too humid. So I would say clip a few of them and just try it. Don't cut them all off. But when they get nice and full and mature, go ahead and cut a few of them and just bring them in and put them where they're not going to be in sunlight on the counter in the kitchen, but where they're going to stay dry and not get rained on and see if we can't get some of those seed to mature. What will happen is that just like an iris or any of the others in that group, um, the seed pod will split and then the seeds are inside of that. And sometimes there's a coating around them and sometimes there's not. But they always have that beautiful shield outside which takes several weeks to mature. And when it matures, they're pretty much ready to plant. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Sure. All right. I love, well, love, love that plant. <laughs> thank you for calling, Charles. Good to hear from Crystal Springs today. Fun, fun plant. Good project. Um, oh, good, Ann. I'm glad you could, could hear, and, and you'll get that. You'll get that soil tested. I'm sure in just moments you'll go find out what it is. <laughs> yeah. And no, it takes a few weeks. I'm not saying it's that quick. Did you know that sea sponges are just about the oldest? thing in the world they're they're the sponges that are in the coral reefs particularly don't get any attention because they're just there you know the corals are gorgeous or bleached or whatever their situation is but it's interestingly enough um these things it's this is really what they're talking about when they talk about genomic time machines in other words if we can get in the wayback machine if we study the sponges because they're pretty much the same as they were oh i don't know 500 million years ago you know or however many million years ago maybe longer than that sponges are increasing in their abundance however and that's what these folks from the university of new hampshire wanted to study they found two different very specific microbes that that are that lead to different strategies in other words feeding and pumping the water through their bodies which is the two things that that sponges do well, that's why they spend their whole life doing as well as keeping themselves from predators of course but as they are um, they're having more impact in the coral reef areas because the coral reef areas are more threatened and the in in reporting in nature ecology and evolution they're really working to try and understand how the sponges proliferate in this circumstance and if it can be of any benefit or if it's not a good benefit what they can do about it it really is um a very very complex symbiotic relationship right now in some places the sponges are are winning there's a lot of coral research that i'm hoping to bring to you maybe next week because there's another couple of papers that i'd like to get hold of before i uh, come to talk about it we've seen some evidence that the corals are recovering in some places toughening themselves up others where the damage is getting greater it's mostly but not all related to the temperature of the water as it has changed. Um, those are the, the kinds of things that people are working on and documenting and that I would love to help you know more about. Frankly, if nothing else in this program, you find something different to talk about at the dinner table, right? I mean, we I, I may or may not make you laugh. I may or may not answer the question the way you wanted it answered. I may or may not even have music that you want or, or a voice that you care about. But the chances are that you will at least have something to talk about at the dinner table that you didn't have to talk about before, such as from NASA. Uh, 
I was a kid one time, and everybody wanted to grow up and be an astronaut for about a minute. Then we realized just how much math and science it took. And the those who went on to do it, we knew were a lot smarter than us average puppies, believe me. The Hubble telescope, though, has been a part of me forever. I I was so sad when it they thought it wasn't going to work anymore, and so thrilled that it has continued and continued and continued. Now the telescope has calibrated more than 40 milepost markers of space and time. We didn't think they could do that. We didn't think the thing was going to last this long. We had no idea what all we would make in 30 years. Anytime there is a test, a machine, a thing that goes for 30 years and continues to do its job, we have to consider that a success. And we really have to study it and figure out how to apply that to everything else. So all of that's going on. Um, There's books being written. There's people doing their uh, PhDs and whatnot, trying to figure out how come this one lasted and what can we do to put this into everybody else. I love this. The Astrophysical Journal is reporting on the biggest, and I've heard this before, likely the last major update on the Hubble. Well, they say that every few years. It may be, but we now have more than twice as many samples of cosmic distance markers, and then they went back and reorganized all the data, so now we have all the data from a 1,000 Hubble orbits. Never thought we'd get to that point, did you? No, nope, I didn't either. It's very exciting. It is a new milestone in the mystery of the universe's expansion rate. Something to talk about at dinner tonight. Something to give you a little bit of inspiration to maybe look up at the stars. Go out yonder where it's dark, you know. Take a look. See what you can see. Because we've got some clear weather, some good garden weather. And we'll be back here next week with more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Engagements offer the promise of eternal love. Confirm that inspiration with a stunning diamond from All Britons. Every stone is carefully selected for its color, cut, and clarity. From classic solitaires to multiple stone selections, All Britons offers the latest designs celebrated for splendor and value. All Britons, four generations strong and still Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. 
Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.